Welcome, everybody, to Den Excelsior, the mostly Marvel podcast. I'm mostly. your host. With me, as always, is Dennis. Uh, this is episode 121, where we're dipping back into that mostly well and talking about The Crow. 19, 1994. The Crow. Yeah, you know, I just want to point out it's the freaking 30th anniversary of this movie. That's, that's an old movie. That's an old ass year movie. old. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, old. <laughs> yeah. I was 16 when this movie came out. Wow. Actually, I came out in the 70s. I was, I, was, I was 15, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, movies that came out in the 70s. That was, that's what this movie is to you. That is to me. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's, I think that's bad math. Yeah. It's something it checks out. I think it's the sixties. I think you're thinking of the sixties. Oh yeah, nineties. Sorry. Yeah. You forget about a decade. It's okay. You know, I honestly have not seen a lot of movies from the sixties. I feel like it's way easier to go back and watch a movie from the nineties for you than it would be for me to go watch a movie from the sixties. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think there's I think there's a weird there's a there's a sliding scale. Well, that was back in the day when they were just like, fuck it. This movie's getting destroyed. Yeah, they're still doing that back then. But it's it's like I'm not like I'm only putting that out there because I'm like, please don't make me go watch movies from the 60s because I don't I don't watch like what's the 60s superhero movie we can watch. Okay, well, Batman. The Adam West Batman. Oh, the Batman movie. Okay, I'm I'm down for that. I would I wouldn't mind watching the Adam West Batman. Wait, movie. have you never seen that movie? No. Oh, really? Okay. I've watched. I've seen some of the the Adam West Batman episode, but I've never seen that movie. Oh, the movie is like a thing. It's like a. It's Isn't like a the the trial of the Incredible Hulk that seventies? Mm, no, that's eighties. It's eighties. Oh. That that show started in the very late seventies and it got really popular in the early eighties. But yeah, it's it's eighties. The trial, yeah, yeah. That and that movie, that show kept going. Like it was, it went through a lot of the eighties. Was that a TV then, movie or was that a movie? It was a TV movie. Okay, you're talking about with Daredevil, right? Yes. Yeah, that's that's eighties. Right? No. Yeah. Okay. Or is a different one? There's two different. TV movies, ones with Thor and ones with Daredevil. Oh, yeah. There might even be three. There might be three TV movies, if I remember correctly. But I'm down to watch those any day of the week. If you want to watch some old Bill Bixby and and Lou Ferrigno, I like just to be clear, those shows are probably why I love Marvel because, like, I grew up with those shows. I want to, I want to try escargot in my life. I don't. I'm not at the point where I want to seek out a restaurant that has it. I just want to be there, and it's it's on the menu. So I want to watch these these movies. I'm not seeking it out actively. 
right. I think we can get down some of that list before the end of the but, year. But just for the record, Batman's just on HBO Max. That's or Max is whatever you want to call it. That's fair. It's just yeah. there. It's just there yeah. all the time. But yeah, no, I I like my my childhood was the Incredible Hulk and Wonder Woman. Like and Wonder Woman was in rerun, I think, when I was when I was watching it. And in fairness, when we get a movie, I think her pilot was like a TV movie. Like it was like an hour and a half or two hour long, but she never got a movie like no Linda Carter. No, I mean, that's I think that's kind of why it was a big deal for her to be in 84. Right. Because that's like early in it. She I mean, she's like pretty important to the story, though. Right. Oh, no, she's in. She's she's the MacGuffin character that, that that the wings belong to. Like she's the character. Anyways, we're we're spoiling all kinds of other movies. Uh, the point for everybody, thank you for tuning in to us today. We are pre-recording this on a Thursday. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Well now we're trying something out. So if you're showing up to troll us live, apologies. We're not really here right now. We are doing this in the privacy of our own recording studios. And but we hope that you enjoy listening to us talk about all kinds of superhero related content. Ricky's going to talk about some news, and then we're going to just chat about 1994's The Crow, starring Brandon mm-hmm. for a little while. And you know, if there are other old oldies but goodies you'd like us to watch that are even remotely in the hero genre, let us know because you know we watched Mars Attacks last week, and that's that one was a stretch. To call that one, you know, that's that's a pop a pop, culture. pop culture IP. Yeah, but I I usually like to stick. More Would you consider that. the Green Hornet? That's Seth absolutely Rogan's. okay. Would By the way, what is the Green Hornet's connection to the Crow? Well, Cato, and then Cato was Bruce Lee, and Bruce Lee's son is the Crow. Yeah, there you go. Did you know that they did a crossover with the Green Hornet and Adam West Batman? I feel like I did know that. But was that... They were on the TV at the, about the same time. Was Kato always in the Green Hornet? Or did he come in after the fact? Kato was always there. Was it always Bruce Lee? Yes. Yes. And that's when they realized that he was a far better entertainer than the guy playing the Green Hornet. And <laughs> his movie career took off pretty quickly after that. Yeah, he he was his sorry, his American movie career. I think he'd already made a lot of movies in, in China, mm-hmm. but but the, the Green Hornet was his first. Did he finish? The Green, I, I feel like there, I, there's a, a trivia nugget that I'm forgetting where he left the Green Hornet and they have another. There's two Kato's basically. There might be there. There might be because like, I mean. Dude, they used to ask the guy to slow down because the camera yeah. couldn't catch his <laughs> movements. Like he, he's too, he's too good, right? Like he's too good. But yeah, no, he is the father of Brandon Lee, and and sadly, both Who's both the mom? Managed... Is the mom famous. She's a white lady. I don't know. I don't think she's famous. She's from California. I, I, you may you put me on the spot. I can't remember her name. Well, I, mean, right yeah, now. I feel like back then, if you're in Hollywood, you're dating famous people. It feels like I don't think she was famous, but if you've never seen, there is a movie about the life story of, of Bruce Lee and it's pretty good. It stars uh, Jason Scott Lee, no relation at all. It's a pretty good movie. 
you should check that out. Well, aside before I guess before we get into the news, what what have you been watching or doing in this this uh, late week in January? I've been watching two things randomly. I just finished up the Orville. Oh, we're talking about that last week. Season three. I finished it up finally. It turned out to be a lot. It found it found its it found its stride at the end. Um, Is it done, or are they, are they doing more? You know, I found out this week that it's not necessarily done. It's just never been canceled and it's never been renewed. But you know, writer strikes really mess with things for a, a, a lot of last year. So I think they're kind of just weighing the pros and cons of different shows and trying to figure out which ones are worth it. But the networks never canceled the Orville. And according to Seth MacFarlane in an interview last week with Logic, he is very much working on season four. So I was surprised. That kind of made me more excited as I kept watching the show. I'm like, okay, all right, cool. That's that's interesting to know. Shannon, what is her name? Shannon, sorry, I was looking, his wife's, his wife's, Bruce Lee's wife's name is Shannon. I can't find the full thing in this i was reading an article anyways yeah i've been watching the orville and then the other thing that i've been watching is kind of a weird one i started watching the legend of vox machina what is that it is critical roles animated show on amazon prime that is it it's it it's basically their D D campaigns animated as a as a as a show is it scripted as a show or is it just their it's, voices? It's, it's scripted. It's scripted. So basically it takes like it takes their stories that they did and kind of just writes them as a clean story okay. to, to digest. And they do the voices of their characters and stuff. But the weirdest part about it is it's not branded D&D and they don't want to pay Hasbro for it. So it's just, you know, because they own their characters, but Hasbro owns, you know, like big beast magical hand or something yeah Yeah, exactly so they just don't use any of the terminology so you kind of have to like put two and two together sometimes when you see things on screen you're like oh that's hunter's mark you know what i mean but they're never gonna say hunter's mark or stuff like that you know what i mean like it's it's weird but yeah i've tried to watch that show before without having any context of like critical role like i'm just that guy that didn't really watch critical role but over the past year, yeah, I watched it and I didn't like it the first time I tried watching it for like five minutes. But this over the past year, my TikTok has served me a lot of critical role videos, like like little mm. snippets and stuff. And the more and more I watch them, the more I get it. And so I went back and tried to watch the show and I'm like, okay, I like it. It's it's better. I get it. It's it's they're like they're kind of like us. They 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 do. They like, like, do silly, they like to do silly stuff. They like to do raunch. They like to do. They like to have sex. I've, <laughs> I've been to like six, maybe seven packs. Paxes, and so Pax is a gaming convention. So video games and board games. Um, I'm usually just there for the game, the video games. But Critical Role is like a pillar of that convention that I just never dip into, nor do I care to care to dip into. I have, I think I own Critical Role merch somewhere that you just kind of get for showing up. But yeah, that's a, that's a whole part of the fandom that I just, 
neglect to experience. Yeah. I mean, it's really just about like, you know, people doing D and at, at like a really high level. Like they, they're, they are so comfortable with the rule set of D and D that that's not the complicated part for them so that, so they can, they can put more time and investment into story and being mm-hmm. and, in, and inhabiting their characters. You know what I mean? So they really, they go to a lot of trouble to think about the ins and outs of their characters and, 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 and they really use that to like fuel every decision that they make in, in, in you know, and really it's something that we struggle to as D and Ders, especially because we play, you know, uh, remotely is really trying to like take a moment to like get in the character before, before we hit start on that game, you know, and, and like, mm-hmm. and, and in fairness, sometimes it can get annoying, you know, like I like when our friend Kelly, God bless him. He was great, but he, he was full on so heavy on that accent. And the rest of us are just like, you know, here trying to survive a COVID by just playing a, playing a game for two hours once a week. And, and this dude has got a full character and it doesn't quite work. Right. It's a little, it's too, it, yeah. it's gotta be balanced. But if you get a whole group that are all on that level, and we're talking like, you know, all of these are like actors that have, you know, had struggles in, in Hollywood, but like they still know how to act, you know? And so that's what you get. And so when you watch it as a show, it takes away a lot of the baggage, right? Cause you don't have mm-hmm. to like, you're not watching them roll dice. You're not watching them like, you yeah, know, you get the, the story, which is like, yeah, the, the part you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, but you as a person who's played D and D for a while, you can catch all the stuff, you know, you can see it. You're like, I know what that is. And you know, Oh, that's a barbarian, you know, like, I, Oh, he's doing berserker rage. You know, like I, you get it. You, you just understand the more you play D and D, the more you get the nuance of the show. And so I like the show now, like it's cool, but I think you should check it out. I know you don't like fantasy in general, but like, I think for somebody who's been playing D and D for almost, you know, two years now, you might appreciate it more than you think you would. I'm not saying go back and watch Critical Role. I still haven't. I, I'm not taking that step yet. Like it's for me, it's like I've never been the kind of guy to watch other people play games. You know what I mean? Like I prefer yeah. to play games myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know that there's a lot. Of, that's a huge market, right? There's a lot of people that make a lot of money off of people watching them play games, and so live streaming know, is a big thing. No way! I never would have <laughs> guessed. Yeah. No, oh, that's cool. I, I, it's one of those things where I'm sure if I watch it, I will enjoy it. But it's like, I, it's not the the first, the first thing I reach to when once I'm in the in there, you know. Yeah. I did watch. I watched uh, Ted. I watched the first episode. It's, I think I feel your sentiment. I will say when that joke, when the jokes land in that show, they're pretty good. They're, they're pretty, pretty good. Funny. But it takes but a while it, in the first episode, right? I think it takes a while. But when they and get to a lot the more, weed, a lot more misses. When they get to the weed, though, it, it gets definitely it, got it, better. And I, it, yeah, it, I was surprised it, how long it, they were. Right, they're like forty-minute episodes. Like yeah. they're too long. Yes, but I promise you, every time from then on out, they they hit their marks. They get it. They they only get better and better as each episode goes. That first episode's rough. It's rough. It's like twenty minutes of not hitting the jokes, like just not not landing him so 
but I'm glad you checked it out. It's weird to me after finishing the Orville, because like basically everybody on that show is from the Orville, except for except for like the the mom. But it's I'm fine. happy to support my one IMDb credit, even though I didn't get called back um, <laughs> for this one. Ted, Ted, Ted was fun. For the record, by the way, Linda Lee Caldwell was uh, an American teacher. She's the one. She's the one who. Uh, she's Bruce Lee's uh, wife. She was a teacher. So they don't always marry famous people. Yeah. Sometimes some some of the more successful Hollywood. I mean, to be fair, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn are not married. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, some of the more successful Hollywood marriages though are people marrying normies. You know what I mean? Like it's it happens sometimes. Actually, you know, you know, it's funny when I did the Kurt Russell thing for the Monsters Monarch show. He had talked about his dad, how his dad was an actor. But his dad was an actor in the sense of like it was a job and he would just talk about like how he would go to work. That was his work and he would come home like for dinner. And that's what was kind of expected. Like the the acting days of the past weren't you weren't necessarily a superstar per se. You were just an actor as a profession. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of people that that is, you know, like that's it's just how they pay the bills, you know, like and so. You know, I think the idea of the Hollywood star has kind of conflated in in a lot of people's minds, like what it means to be an actor. But like for a lot of people, it is just you go to work, you do your job, you come home, you know, like it's, you know, not everybody who acts gets to be famous. It's just that's not how it works. But we just put so much emphasis onto what it means to be a celebrity nowadays that it's it's hard you know like it's like i had a i knew a guy in college that was wanted to be an actor and you know every now and then we see him in like a random commercial or something like that and it's like hey go you you know like i saw him in an episode of of uh, i think new girl or something like that and that was just, <laughs> i'm like what is what is this you know and he's not he's he's just probably not gonna be famous but like that's his job you know so it's weird. It's a weird thing. Well, that's his job. Our job right now is to get through some news. But like, it's a, is it our job or is it us doing it for fun? It's us doing it for fun. And you know who's coming back for fun and probably a decent amount of money? Wilson Bethel, Daredevil season three, three's bullseye. Benjamin Poindexter is making a return. I just got to say, I love the hoops that this show is jumping to course correct. Like they've already filmed a bunch of this show and then trashed it and said it's terrible and then fired everybody. And now, you know what we need? I don't know why we were considering doing a show called Daredevil Born Again and not including Bullseye. That sounds pretty fucking dumb, but sure. Okay. I guess they finally got to the point. Of let's, let's. It just seems like they, they wanted to make a Daredevil show inspired by the, by the Netflix series. Right. And just take, take the bits and Bob, but now it's, yeah, to your point, they're like in bucket where we're just making season four, which is not a bad thing. 
it's not a bad thing because Daredevil is one of the best superhero shows, period. So let's I think do Bullseye it. was the cool, one of the coolest uh, characters. I think they made Bullseye, Bullseye cool. I think Bullseye was way the better Bullseye's than Colin dumb, Carroll. Right? I don't think Bullseye is dumb. I Bullseye's think he's, he's terrifying is what he is. He's a sociopath that like has like a crazy ability. Like it's he's basically what if Hawkeye went super contract killer? But That's Hawkeye can't is. do the bullseye things, right? Yeah, he can. He can? Yeah. Don't you remember in in in, in the show when he taught Kate how to how to ricochet a quarter? Was it ricochet a quarter or like a Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye can do this they have the same skill set. But Hawkeye he bounces stuff that. off of walls. Yeah, Hawkeye can do that too. Oh. Well, Hawkeye's just lame. <laughs> <laughs> so you went from hating on Bullseye to now you're hating on Hawkeye. Yeah, um, they all suck. Fair enough, fair enough. If you don't like one, you're not going to like any of them. But I I like Bullseye because his, his, skill, his skill level is like appropriate to... to the hero he's fighting you know what i mean like daredevil and 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 bullseye are just slightly above normal human like you know like they're 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 like peak they're like peak human and so they're not doing crazy stuff in fairness there is a point in the story where eventually like bullseye gets like adamantium skeleton and i'm like come on guys does this lady bullseye have powers i think it's similar powers uh, but I, i'm not sure Hit Bullseye. You never seen the 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 TikToks where like a dude will just sit there all day trying <laughs> yeah. to make a perfect shot. Yeah, just no, that's, imagine that's... that's Bullseye's. That's Bullseye. He just taught himself how to do that. You know, I I applaud this news. Good good for them. I'm happy that this guy's coming back. This is this is great because he didn't get to wear the costume and. I need him to <laughs> wear the costume. The I need him in the suit. Yeah. Oh, hey, man, we're, fi- we're finally getting Wolverine in the suit. We can get this guy in the suit. Oh, did round I spoil your other news? For uh, Daredevil and round of applause for Marvel. It's award season here in the US. The Oscars are coming up next month or March. I don't know when the Oscars are. I think Marvel got two nods as a whole. So Into the Spider-Verse is nominated for Best Animated Feature. And uh, Guardians 3 is nominated for Best Visual Effects. They didn't get nominated for makeup? Mm-mm. Wow, that's pretty rough because that makeup in that... You know that movie has I mean, like the new... the new Barbie didn't get like, nominated for makeup. Yeah, but you know you know, Guardians replaced the Grinch as the most prosthetic yes, used in a movie. I didn't know that. You so told me that I'm, on the show. <laughs> yes, I'm kind of surprised that they didn't get nominated for the thing that I the mean, Grinch got nominated for, for. Just for doing the most of them, get you the. Okay, are you going to try and crap on the, the makeup in Guardians, really? I'm just saying, just because you do the most of something doesn't mean you're going to nominate. I don't think it's bad. Okay, move on, move on. Yes, and Barbie, that is just like, this wrong. I don't understand how they can so entirely miss the point of the Barbie movie and go and like nominate Ryan Gosling and not nominate Margot Robbie. Well, America Ferrer got nominated. I know, but we're not talking about America Ferrer. We're talking about Barbie, the titular, 
This is like when when Heath Ledger got nominated and Christian Bale didn't. Come on, man. Those scenes only work because both of them are in those scenes. Okay? Like it's I think the prize for Barbie is the billion dollars at the box office. That's oh, that's the wrong. trophy. Don't get me wrong. I'm not I don't think Barbie has anything to be bitter about. Those people don't have to be bitter. But what I'm saying is culturally, like this is how ass backwards the Oscars are, is they they don't understand why these billion dollar movies are important to us. And so they go in and, and award the movies that none of us watch. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the weird part to me. And like it makes them very out of touch because I think it's really hard to argue that Barbie was not a, a cultural touchstone of last year. Like, right. It's a big, it was, a I'm going to give a hot take. I don't think we have these conversations. If the MTV movie awards were so relevant, nobody gives a shit about the MTV. Movie I just, I, my, my counter is I don't think the, the Oscars, they shouldn't be a representation of like, it's, it's not a, a, a contest to, you know, amongst the country, right? Because I do think it's a sense of different bar. Okay. It's, it, it's so you're not wrong, but here's here's the thing. The reason I make this claim is because when they get surprised every year that their ratings are lower and lower, it's still a show that they're putting on for people to to watch. They have a lot of paid sponsors. They want people watching it. And they get surprised year after year after year nowadays when there's less people watching it. And why? It's because we don't care what they chose to nominate or, 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 you know, or, or award. Like, because they're, they're just so far. You say the same thing about about the Grammys. Like, I I don't. eh. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Like, I, I, you could say the same thing about most award shows, except for the MTV Movie Awards, probably. Or the critic, critic, not no viewers' choice, viewers' choice. Award. The Spike Lee Man Award, <laughs> or Spike Lee Spike Spike TV Man Awards. Spike, Spike Lee's TV. fine. Spike TV, yeah. Spike T, yes, yes. Spike TV. Anyways, that's my rant about Barbie. I think that movie got denied some very important push or uh, attention, whatever. Moving on, what you got? Anything else? That. That's it for the news. I'm surprised that you didn't bust out the poster. The poster? The, the, Deadpool, poster? 3, the Deadpool 3 poster. There's no poster. Was that not a poster? Oh, it's a promotional image. Yeah, yeah. The promo, the promotional image they released. The promo with week. the mask? Or Yeah. I don't know if that was released last week. I think it it's was. It's out there as of last week. I don't think it's been released. Oh, was it not officially released? No. The trailer is oh. tied to the Super Bowl. That's probably most likely when any stuff like that's going to come out. Well, you still saw the same promo I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Did, yeah. did, did he not look? He looked, He's wearing the mask, Ricky. He's wearing the mask. Wow. The sleeves, man. The sleeves do it for me. I need the are sleeves okay? off. Are you okay? Are you? I need the there, sleeves off. Are you? Are you in a bad place today? Like... We didn't ask you what what stuff you've been watching. Is it? I'm sorry. Just Ted. Ted oh, and yeah, spoilers. Ted and uh, Ted. Wolverine, Deadpool spoilers. I don't know. I didn't hate it. I it, it's to be so. So we're referencing a promotional leak promo image showing the Wolverine mask. Mm-hmm. It's but it's not like a photo of the mask. It's almost like a 
it looks very similar to a concept art. It, it's like it's it's it has like a stylized a slight stylized tinge to it, right? Yeah, it it's well. I mean, it looks like it's drawn it's, just like all the it's other promo art. Like, yeah, it's, it's like it yeah. looks like promo art. Like that's the best way to put it. It'll be like marketing art, probably for the for the yeah. Uh, you buy you buy Deadpool cereal. This is the image on on the back of it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like. I don't I don't have a problem with it because I know that they're going to end up looking like like that picture, you know what I mean? Like so mm-hmm. but I'm trying to understand why you don't why you don't like it. Why, why don't you like seeing Wolverine finally wear the mask? I, I I think the proportions are a little a little off. I like my big big wing, big wang ear thing Wolverine. Okay. Fair enough. All right. You like you like him to get his head stuck in a in a doorway. Yeah, he should look like a classic uh, yellow jacket. That's what his ears ears should look like. Classic yellow jacket. You're yeah, about the the, the Ant Man villain, Hank like Bam, sh- Hank Bam? Yeah, the shoulder thing. Oh, his shoulders. Okay. Yeah, but with his ears. But with his ears. All right. Okay. Fine. Fine. I, I I was pretty happy with it and I saw some re- really great reactions. I just love how much that movie cares or that franchise cares about making its fans happy and it, it just makes me happy. Like I think I think that goes a long way when when you see when you see something they could just they could just do a, a cash grab, right? Like and, and don't make no mistake, they are grabbing the cash from us when they make this movie. But I like to see that they're actually putting the, the the effort into making things look more and more the way we want them to look. I'm sorry, Wolverine has sleeves. Okay, <laughs> maybe they get ripped off. Maybe they get ripped off. They might. They might get torn off. You never know. Well, I think we're gonna tear off this bit of news and just get a uh, into the crow. Do you miss the days when I just yelled at you all the time? A little bit. Really? It's like I, I think there's like a therapeutic or therapy trauma response, call and response to that action, but you know, I can't say I don't miss it. Okay. All right. All right. I'll try and find the way to bring back the vitriol every now and then because I <laughs> I do I do feel like we one of us usually backs down more than we used to from these arguments. And we're just like, all right. But I think it's because you told me don't just don't yuck my yum one too many times. I think that's that's probably why. I'm like, well, you know what? I don't want we, to we yuck like different yum. we like we like different things. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I mean, we might like different things about this this movie. It's just sometimes the things you like are wrong. There, was that better? <laughs> was that better? Did that make you feel uh, good? I'll, yeah, a little bit. All right, fair enough. I'll try. I'll try more and more to do that and it's it's truthful i'm not i'm not making it up i'm not faking it for you i just was trying to be nice but i feel like you don't necessarily want me to try to be nice so i'm gonna tear into you let's go let's talk about the crow the crow directed by alex the Prius, starring brandon lee michelle wincott rachel davis came out in 1994 this r-rated 
based on the comic book by James. Yeah, Earl. R-rated crime action drama. Yeah, like, you know, and I wa- I watched it on Paramount Plus, and it was classified as only a drama. And I was like, really? That's that's a bold move. Alex Prius, by the way, do you know what other things he directed? I'm looking at it right now. I Robot, Dark Dark City, Knowing. And I actually, and also, I, I really like Knowing a lot. I don't think There's, I've seen I still it. Know. It's Nicolas Cage. Yeah, I know, I know, but I haven't seen it. He also directed that crappy Gods of Egypt movie that was that just looked awful. That movie made money though. It bombed at the box office. Money. No, it did not make money. Gods of well, Egypt yeah. bombed at the box office. It was, I Robot did not bomb at the box office. Okay, fair enough. That's fine. You just, <laughs> I don't. I don't know why you were arguing that a movie succeeded when it clearly did not. But yes. So this guy actually, The Crow was his first movie. Just so you know, like his first theatrical movie. So I just wanna, I just wanna say, like. However good or bad any of the movies that he made after The Crow, you got to give this guy some credit because this guy had some pretty rough circumstances for this movie. I don't think it's a spoiler to say, you know, we're we're talking about this movie, but like Brandon Lee is the star of this movie. And this was like this was going to be a really big one for him. He did. He done a He done a movie or two before in Hollywood. He is the son of Bruce Lee. But the previous movie he'd done was like called Showdown in in I think Little Tokyo or something. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a martial arts movie, you know what I mean? And so like I think Brandon Lee's goal was to break out of that that corner that he'd kind of already been painted in for like the kind of movie he should be making. And so that's why he wanted to go and do the crow, which is a it's a big it's a big jump from a martial arts movie right this is not that's not what this is and and sadly for anybody who's listening this uh, and as didn't know the bigger significance of this movie is that brandon lee actually died on the on the set of this movie he was he was it was a stunt gone wrong like a a a gun was not properly loaded it was loaded with a real bullet it was a 44 magnum by the way that's a big gun and in a scene that the director just kind of improvised and said, hey, I think it'd be cool if this guy shot you. They handed that guy a gun. They said, roll or, or action. Guy shot the gun and Brandon Lee died, right? Uh, like later from a bullet that went into mm-hmm. his abdomen and into and lodged into his spine. He died from that injury later that day. And that's crazy, right? Like, and I remember as a teenager who used to watch entertainment tonight when it was cool to watch entertainment tonight, like that was the big news in Hollywood. And, and, and it was really sad and it was really creepy too, because his dad died on the set of a movie as well. So there was all this weird, like, you know, speculation and stuff like that. There's secret shadow people that want the Lee family world or whatever. But I think it's just it just goes to show that like sometimes these movies that we love to watch and criticize and stuff, we don't realize how dangerous they are unless it's well, a top movie. Then we know full well how fucking dangerous it is. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like if you haven't been on a movie set, it's very if you ever been on a go to a real movie set, you'll you'll notice 
or becomes very apparent how much of everything is pretty much a, a facade. Yeah. And how shoestring mm-hmm. a lot of operations are. And yeah. by that, that that can extend down to staff and incompetent staff who, you know, can lead to situations and accidents like these. Yeah. But like, so back to what I was saying, credit to Alex Proyas, because like what ended up happening is Paramount was producing this movie. Brandon Lee died in the middle of the movie and then they shut down production and Paramount said, screw it. And they wrote this movie off as a tax write off. It wasn't going to be released. And then, you know, in, in interested parties ended up forming a corporation just specifically to take over production of this movie and and finish it through because the director and Brendan Lee's fiance, Eliza Dutton, who was on set, you know, as his like credited as his like assistant, they both decided that they that he would want the movie to f- be made, to be finished and released. And so they got the crew together. They tried some weird shit. They they at first they they said, Hey, you know what? We have this face mask that was molded from Brandon's face that was meant for the stunt performers to wear. Should we try doing the scenes with somebody wearing this mask? They tried that and it creeped people the fuck out. They're like, No, we can't, we can't do this. And they're like, All right, fine, we'll do it the other way. And so the other way was. They went to the trouble of like they, they, you know, computer generated imagery was just getting, you know, becoming a, a thing in, in movies at the time. And, and they realized that they might be able to use like existing footage, you know, a B-roll cutting room floor kind of stuff of Brandon on the set to, you know, finish the movie in a way that was mm-hmm. good enough. And so that's what they did. And so like, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy to, to think they did that. Just so you know, the, the guy who killed, who, who was responsible for firing the gun, that guy quit acting for a year after that movie. He, he, he still has nightmares about that. Like, like you don't think you're going to go to work and kill somebody. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, well, I mean, most normal people don't think that, I guess it's, you know. I don't want to I don't want to make you out there feel bad if that's something you dream of doing but please don't do it just don't no murder is bad no no murder like like Gypsy Rose said murder is bad here at Denix Celsius we do not endorse murder okay I I was actually pretty impressed with this I mean I mean what burns back I saw the vision and I don't think they failed on their execution of that vision yeah it is a very stylized look. It has a, a particular lane that I think they're trying they're trying to stay in. And they achieve it. It's you know it, it reminded me honestly like a lot of like a like 90s Zack Snyder. A 90s Zack Snyder movie. That's that's what this felt like to me. Interesting. I I would have I thought you were gonna say Sin City. It's different than Sin City though. It is different in that it it takes on more of a goth, yeah. a goth atmosphere, whereas Sin City is taking on a pulp noir atmosphere. But, but even I, so, there, there's a shininess. Uh, yeah, there's like a shininess to Sin City that this is a very like 
grimy movie. I think it's it's cool for that. Like it, they they have an aesthetic and they, they and they go for it. I think that's why people liked it. It's because it had that. It it really leaned into an aesthetic that that a lot of movies want. Hot topic personified, like '90s hot topic. There, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Just so you know, it was a sleeper hit box office. It opened at number one and with eleven million and averaging, you know, seven thousand four hundred per theater, and then it ultimately ended up grossing fifty million, which. And that 50 million in America and 43 million internationally. So budget 23 million. I, I was a baby, obviously, at this time. I did not see it in theaters, but was I mean, was this a big thing when it came out? Was was the crow book like a well-known thing? I didn't read this book. I I didn't read the crow, but somehow I think through osmosis, I knew when this was being when when I was seeing previews for this movie, I knew that it was based off a comic book. So I had probably seen The Crow at my local comic store when I used to physically have to go pick up my comics. So I, I definitely knew that Crow was a thing. And I and I, you know, I'm not trying to sound judgy, but I knew the kind of people that liked <laughs> reading The Crow. All right. Does that make sense? Like, I think let's be let's be real. Like it's 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 a it's a go-to book for every goth kid in the in the nineties, right? In the and so and but that's fine though, right? This is like, their Citizen Kane. <laughs> maybe not Citizen Kane, but yeah, I think it's definitely it it speaks to people of a certain subculture in a big way. And I think that was really cool that this movie wasn't trying to cater to the masses and yet still succeeded in Hollywood, you know, like as or like worldwide as like a very popular movie and was part of that probably the morbidity that like people wanted to see the movie where the guy died yeah probably you know but i think it's still a compelling story and so like i think we've done a lot to talk about like all the behind the scenes of it but do you want to like explain the story of this movie really quick man who is who a man and he's woman a, who he's are a, he's a musician. He's a musician. A couple, an engaged couple, dies on the night before Halloween. They're murdered by some gang. One year later, the man is resurrected by a, by, a by, by a crow by a raven pretending to be a crow. Raven pretending to be a crow, and he and it's the raven bestows crow powers to the man, and then he goes and gets revenge for the night. It's just a fun fact. I learned that all the all the crows on set were actually ravens, which a raven is just a bigger bird with a more pronounced beak. But I thought it's funny that they didn't they didn't use a single crow in the movie called The Crow. <laughs> didn't mean to derail you. Yes. So he gives him he gives him superhuman powers, and the guy goes on a revenge kick. Right. Yeah. Or, it all takes guess, place in one night. One night in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. One one night in Detroit. Uh, it's I guess Devil's Night is actually a, a very famous known thing in Detroit. Arson. That it's like it's the night they do arson, right? It's just yeah. that's what they do. And so yeah, like you this, just you just arson. And so this like evil guy that's in charge of all the bad people in, in Detroit, he supposedly 
created Devil's Night and he wants it to get bigger and badder every year. And so he wants to burn it all down. And I don't know, like, I don't really, I don't think you're supposed to empathize or feel for the bad guys. And I think that makes it easier for the plot of the movie to take place, right? Is this guy just goes on this insane murder, murder spree, but he, he likes to creatively kill his victims, right? Almost kind of like, I don't know, like it feels almost like Freddy Krueger or like, or like Jason Voorhees. It's almost like a monster movie, right? But like, it just stays on somehow on the, the side of you still empathizing with him as a person. But like, well, he, he, he uses their, I don't say vices, but their, yeah, I think that's fair. He, he uses their it, sins against them. Yes, he does. And, and so he gives me a very, he gives me a very Ghost Rider vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I can see the, the Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider par- parallel. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, well, before I, I answer, I mean, do you, do you like this movie? Do you like this movie more or less now? Like what's, I, I don't got the sense that the, this was a good movie. I don't like this movie more now than I did then. I liked it a lot then, actually, without ever being a goth kid. Yeah, well, I, I could see myself like in that same lane. Like, this seems like a cool ass movie. It was for a, cool a kid movie. in the '90s. It was a cool movie for a kid in the '90s. Yes, I think one of the main reasons it was cool for a kid in the '90s is because we were so starved to see things from our comic book stores end up on the big screen, and so this was like a win, right? Like it was a win because it was made and it didn't suck, right? Like it didn't suck. Like it could have been way worse than it was, right? All things considered, the guy died in the movie and it's still not a pile of shit, right? Like it's still, it's still, it still effectively gets the point across. You feel bad for Eric Draven as a character. You even feel bad for Ernie Hudson's character who's just trying to do good in the city. You feel bad for his wife, you know, like, and you feel bad for the girl that, that got left behind, right? Like Shelly, or wait, no, no, Shelly's the wife. I'm trying to remember what her name is. But you know what I mean? Like, it's like these characters actually extract, like, they extract our compassion. Like, we, like, you watch it and you do feel something for them. And I think that's, there's a lot to be said for that because a lot of action superhero movies don't don't pull that off you know i'm glad we didn't actually have to see his wife get raped but they kept alluding to it a lot like they they kept showing like first person rape i think you know yeah it's i mean that's a very like 80s 90s shot like robocop has a lot of that yeah did this movie not remind you of robocop oh it's the same exact movie as robocop it's the same movie right but with a different movie as, as john wick same movie as it's the punisher yeah the punisher i mean it's it's the 90s uh like beekeeper what's what's the movie you saw last week i didn't see beekeeper but i'm not beekeeper but the other the other one the other one mars attacks no 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 like how this generation we have ex cia agent who's now a baker and gets called back into to save the world yeah. The 90s was man dies, gets resurrected, and comes back and gets revenge. I mean, it's true. Like, it, we, I think a, 
I think every generation has this movie, but like at its core, revenge movies are fun because you get to see people get their just desserts, right? And it's all about if 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 we know like it's just like Die Hard, right? You so you watch you watch a movie, oh, you're like, oh, this is a Die Hard movie. I get it, you know, like th- that's a fun kind of genre. And and every time somebody does it, you want to see what they have to add to it. And I don't know if the crow added a lot besides style, right? I don't think there's a lot of substance there, but I think like you talked about the the grimy aesthetic of it all. They go hard on that aesthetic, man. Like it's pretty like I like we were so grossed out by like, okay, so his apartment was a murder scene a year ago. He goes back there and it's still a murder scene. Like they didn't nope, nobody's renting that place. There's all. a lot of trash everywhere. It's so trash, right? Are people squatting there or what or was it just this trash when they left it there? You know what I mean? Like like the, the the amount of detail that went into every set in that in that movie is amazing. Even more so, did you catch that it's kind of like toy photography? Yeah, like, the the model work for the building. The, the city, the entire city mm-hmm. is a miniature. Did you catch that the miniatures are also used for the car chase? No. Yeah. The entire car chase was actually miniatures be- with projection, you know, like they're projecting the, the, the people into the cars and stuff like that. There's some cool ass special effects in this movie that I'm, I'm, I was pretty impressed to see on the rewatch. So like, technically there's a lot of interesting things going on in this movie. I think story wise, like I call I I warned you yesterday, right? I was like, "Hey, the audio mix by, might be weird for you." Like we read that there's some weird thing the way movies were encoded in the '90s and and then processed. They weren't meant for home theaters back then, you <laughs> know. So like, so when I was watching it, the audio mix was weird, and like the the, the dialogue was really really quiet compared to all the other sound. And I told you, "Hey, you might have to do subtitles or whatever stuff like that." But then I also said, but honestly, it doesn't really matter. I don't think the dialogue's that important. I couldn't anymore. tell you a word that it was said. Exactly. I right? could well, barely. I don't think I can tell you like the the actual well, s- story reason, like reasoning. Like I know he dies. Crow's Crow brings him back. He gets revenge. He goes back in. Like, is there a higher being or God tied to how he came back, or is it just spooky Crow? They say sometimes a crow will bring you back. That's what they, they said at the beginning <laughs> of the movie. That's it. That's but that's right. Like that's it's cool though. It's cool. Like it, it gets that's all you need to know. It's more about the vibe, right? Like yeah. it's it's like, hey, come live in this world and watch a guy murder bad people. And that's that's what the crow is. Like that's you so take it or leave it. If you don't like the vibe, if you turn on the crow and you watch five minutes of it and you're like, I can't. You're, you're either in or you're not. You're out. Yeah, just out, get out now, okay? Because you're not going to get more than that. It's, Have, it's yeah. Well, this movie has four sequels, right? It's got sequels and a TV show. I believe. Have you seen any of the sequels? I think I have seen the first sequel. I have not like City of Angels. C- City of Angels, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. I have not seen any of the others for sure, and I honestly don't remember city of angels other than like you know at the time back then 
I wasn't super used to my my actors getting replaced all the time. I think only only Val Kilmer had replaced Batman. You know, like it's it wasn't a normal thing yet. So I think I just uh, uh, like whole, wholly rejected the Crow sequel because they couldn't have. And, and yeah, I'm not. I'm, I wasn't very forgiving of them back then. You know, I'm like, no, oh, the guy's dead. You shouldn't allow anybody else to do it. Like that's yeah, that's pretty rough. But no, I didn't watch it. So, right. I mean, I don't remember it. Why Why were you going to ask? No, because I, I, I know this thing has lived on. I can definitely remember going to the blockbuster and seeing The Crow there along with like four other movies. Yeah, I did see. I, I thought it was still conceptual. But, you know, there's a, another Crow movie coming out this year. Really? Probably or like a, a pseudo reboot. The 30th anniversary. Wow. Thomas Jane is in The Crow, too. And the screenplay you know, is from David S. Goyer. So you have uh, Bill Skarsgård is going to be the new Eric. And singer-songwriter really? FKA Twigs is going to be Shelley uh, Webster. Okay. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. That's coming cool. out in uh, September. I love me some Bill Skarsgård. I think he is... See, I think he's going to do what I was trying to say. What I was saying is like, I think he's going to add the monster to it. Right. Because at the end of the day, this thing is kind of, he's, this character is kind of a monster, right? He shows Mm -hmm. up and he's kind of terrifying. Like people shoot him and stab him. And then he sits there and lets them watch the holes heal up. And like, that's a terrifying thing on its own. Right. But like, then he murders you in like a way that's very specific and very graphic. You know what I mean? It's like, like, dude, that's a lot of heroin to put in one human being uh, <laughs> or morphine or whatever they were using. Also, like, that was a really cool and gross effect when he sucked the morphine out of that woman's arm. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that was weird. But it was cool. Like, he was trying to. So, so you know, the, the, the poster actually says, you know, the crow, believe in angels. So I think this movie is trying to call him an angel who goes and, and you know down to earth and and does angelic things i don't know wait is that your is that your take do you do you, do you it's see it's it the, the old testament way of relieving you of your sins i guess so yeah but he you know he, he was trying to make darla like who was like the whore of the movie remember that she's also a mother and I thought I thought it was a cool scene. It was that was probably one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. Sadly, by the way, that's the scene where he died in that movie. Like there, no, when 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 the guys shooting him, like when they're in, you know, and he's mm-hmm. when him and Darla are on the bed. Yeah, that's when he died. I, like I was, I was thinking that when I was watching that scene, I was like, I wonder if it's this scene. And I looked it up, and it was, and it's sad. But yeah, the. I think that for me, that was the most powerful scene, like the, the watching him do something other than get revenge. Right. He wanted yeah, to, that, that, that brought in the, the hero park parts of the story where he just, he just wasn't a psychopath. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm yeah. reading here that there was a canceled crow movie in 2000 starring DMX, the crow Whoa. Lazarus. Ooh. Well, I'm glad we didn't do that. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I guess like I, you know, I think it goes without saying, like, I think you and I like this movie, but I it's like not it. I, like, I get like, trust right? me, like if you, if, if it's emo night, 
got some friends over, put on the crew. Be a good time. I mean, the bad guy does some cool kills. I'll give him that. Like he has like a like, weird Western accent too. No, he was cool. Yeah. He has yeah. swords. Yeah. 90s ass like, bad guy. I, I, at one point I'm like, it's the crow fighting the Highlander. What's going on here? <laughs> you know, like like only Highlanders own that many different swords from all over the world. Am I wrong? You can never know. You never know. That would be the perfect crossover for this movie. Right? It would. All right. I I just wanted to say thumbs up to the crow, but I'm probably never gonna watch the other ones. Is thumbs up to the crow. I'll watch the one coming out later this year. Okay, I'll watch that one too. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Next week, Venom, let let there be carnage. Later. Guys. Are we doing it? Are we doing it? We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. Let's do it. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Venom next week. And with that, true believers, enough said. Yeah.